Well, friends, as I was a child, one of my favorite things to do was to play basketball. I loved going outside. Um, I loved shooting around. I, my dad was a fantastic basketball player. Um, shout out to Jimmy the Jet in Michigan, uh, Muskegon, Michigan, watching now. Um, he was an amazing basketball player, and that's, I'm sure, where I got a lot of my love for the game. Uh, I just, I loved to be outside. I loved to shoot around. He, he always was available to, to do that with me um, when I was looking for something to do. Hey, Dad, do you want to shoot hoops? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. And so I, thousands of, of, of hours just, just shooting around and just enjoying the game of basketball. So much fun. I, and I wanted to be like my dad. I, I saw my dad play. I know that my dad had played. Um, I, I didn't see him play. I, he was past his playing days by the time I was old enough to, uh, to see it. But he would, um, although he would still come out and he would, he would beat me um, <laughs> often. He probably still could. Um, he, he, was, he was famous for doing that at his school. He was, a, he was a principal at an elementary school. And he would go with the, with the kids at recess and he'd come out in his coat and tie. And he'd kind of pretend like he didn't know what he was doing. Oh, is this, hey, is this a bat? What do you do with, you put this in the, like that? Is that? And the kids would, oh, Mr. McClain, you know, just watch. <laughs> is that how you do it? You, like that? I, I wonder how many, are you supposed to just keep making them? Is that what you're, and he'd just sit there one after the next in his coat and tie, just one after the next, and he'd never miss. In fact, when we were kids, we had to change the rules of the games that we would play uh, because he was so good at them. He was so good at shooting. Uh, eventually, we'd say, okay, Dad, after you make five in a row, you've got to take like three steps back, and you've got to shoot a three because uh, we can't keep up. Um, but that's where I got my love of basketball is from watching my dad play, and I, and I love to play, and it was so much fun. And, and uh, growing up, uh, my dad coached the, the Y team that I was on, and that was, that was a lot of fun to play at the, at the YFCA uh, as a kid. And so when I got to high school, I was excited to, to continue playing and to, and to enjoy that, that team sport. But when I got to high school, I realized that uh, some other people had been practicing basketball too. And so when it came time to try out for the team, uh, I did make the team. And, uh, and as, as a freshman, I played on the freshman team. Well, I I was on the freshman team. I practiced with the freshman team. Uh, I didn't play a whole lot with the freshman team. <laughs> and, I, and I realized uh, that, was a, that was a difficult realization because here's something that I loved. I tried really hard at it, um, but I just didn't have what it took to be on the team. Have you ever been a part of a situation like that? Have you ever been on, maybe it was a team, a team sport that you just didn't quite, I, I spent a lot of time on the bench. Um, and maybe you've had that same experience. Maybe you've had a different experience where you're just even like on the playground as a kid and, and you're choosing teams for dodgeball or tag or Red Rover, I don't even know, whatever the games are um, that, that, uh, that you played as a kid. And, and did you ever have that feeling as, as people are choosing teams and then maybe you're not chosen and you're just kind of standing there and, and wondering, is, <laughs> is anybody going to pick me? Have you ever had that feeling? Has that ever happened? Well, today we're going to talk about um, what it looks like to be a member of Jesus' team. Jesus picks a team of disciples in our scripture today as we continue our sermon series. In fact, this is our last series on transforming our hearts to look more like Jesus. And so we're going to look at the scripture that, uh, that tells us the story of Jesus choosing the disciples to be on his team. And so here is the scripture. It's in all of the gospels, actually, in some version. Um, But we're going to read from Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Hear this word. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. 
He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep waters and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, we'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in order for the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled, filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I love that story, and I love how Jesus selects his team. A couple of lessons we can learn about uh, about being on Jesus' team this morning The first thing that he does is he goes up, you notice this, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. And then he taught the people from the boat. So the first lesson this morning is Jesus shows up wherever we are. Jesus meets us right where we are in the mundane, in the everyday aspects of life. Jesus is right there calling to us. He taught the people from the boat. Now, he might have done that. He, he put out just a little ways from the shore. He might have done that for acoustic reasons. At that, at that place at the Sea of Galilee, uh, if you came out into the water just a little bit, there were some sort of natural geographical features that would allow your voice to carry and for people to hear you. So that may have been one of the reasons why he went out in the boat. But I, I just love, I, I, I don't think it was an accident that he chose Peter's boat that was sitting there. He was going out. <laughs> Jesus was going on his own fishing expedition for Peter and the rest of the disciples. But he gets into the boat. He meets them where they are in the midst of their work, in the midst of their everyday, in the midst of their their very livelihood. Jesus asks them to trust him. And they do. And Jesus blesses them immeasurably in response to their obedience. I wonder what that would look like for each of us. If, if, just imagine for a second, you're sitting at work or you're sitting at home or you're sitting with your family or whatever it is, you're just sitting and doing whatever it is that you do on a Tuesday afternoon. And imagine what it would be like for Jesus to come up and sit next to you and say, hey, what you doing? Can I, can I join you in what we're doing here? Now, for a lot of us, I think that would, well, that would freak me out. I think I'd sit down and say, hey, here you go. You, you, you do this pastor thing. You do this preaching thing. You do this. You're Jesus. But Jesus doesn't exactly do that, does he? He comes up to, and he invites Peter into a story, into a relationship. He sits in his boat and he meets Peter right where he is. And Peter, remember, Peter had been doing this for a long time, right? He was a, he was a master at his craft. He was a fisherman. 
And they'd been out all night. Verse 5 says, Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, we'll let down the nets. I wonder if you've ever felt like you've been at your craft or at your purpose in life or at your whatever it is that you're doing and you've been trying really hard and you've been working really hard and you're just not getting anywhere. Have you ever felt stuck? Have you ever felt like maybe you could use some some encouragement, some help with where you are in life? Have you ever tried again and again and didn't seem to get anywhere? The good news this morning is Jesus knows what that feels like and Jesus comes and walks with us through it and Jesus invites us to something more even in those moments, and maybe even especially in those moments of being stuck. I've shared some of this story with you before, but I can't help, uh, but every time I hear this, this scripture, uh, remembering sort of my own call to ministry and how that got started. So forgive me if you've heard it before, but I, I, just, it, 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 I just had to share um, this morning. Uh, as I was reflecting on this scripture this week, just remembering a time in, in my life when I was working, I, I went to school for computers and studied computer engineering and uh, went out and worked for a software company for uh, about six or eight years and, and just really enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun, but there was always something kind of gnawing at the back of, of my mind saying, hey, is there maybe more that you could be doing or something maybe different um, that God might be inviting you to? And that question just never went away. <laughs> so, so if you've ever had that question in the back of your mind, that thing that says, hey, might God be inviting me to something else? I, the answer is probably yes. <laughs> and, and the other thing is it's probably not going to go away. You're going to keep asking that question until you jump in and, and start pursuing whatever that thing is that God might have for you. So that's where I found myself. And I had uh, worked at this software company for a while. I decided to, uh, I decided to stop. I just felt called back to, to my hometown, uh, back to Michigan. I was living in Colorado, felt called back to Michigan. And so I moved back to Michigan um, and, uh, and, and got involved in a church there and, and started, helped to, to kind of plant a church in the area for folks that weren't like used to coming into the normal sanctuary doors, but were interested in how God might be active in their lives. Um, that was a part of my, my story and my spiritual growth, a part of my answer to the invitation that God was asking, is there, hey, is there more? Um, and, and as I did that, I got connected with a denomination and, and decided to go, um, well, let me, before I get there. I was working at the time, and I was, I was helping with this, with this church plant, and I was really excited by what God was doing in the lives of the people of this church that we had started, this new forming uh, community of, of Jesus followers, uh, and was having a lot of fun with that, um, much more than I was having with my sort of nine-to-five everyday job, and I just remember getting to a point where I was so frustrated because I'm having fun doing this other thing that doesn't pay anything and doesn't, you know, but yet I've got this job. I've got bills to pay, right? I've got things that I need to to care for and take care of. And I remember one day I just decided, I kind of got to a point where I just felt stuck. I felt like I'd been trying and trying and trying. I wasn't getting anywhere. I felt like Peter. uh, Master, we've been out all night. We've been fishing. I know how to do this. Uh, It's not working. (laughs) I don't know what to do next. So I got to that point kind of in my, in my career and I went to the place that I always go to, uh, to, to meet God and that's, if I can, I go by a body of water. 
Uh, I love being by the water. There's just something about the water um, that, that, that calls me, that makes me aware of God's presence in a way that, that, that other places don't. Um, and for us here in the mountains, that's another place where people go, right, to, to be aware of God's presence. And so I went to the water. I went to the, to the lake, um, to Lake Michigan, and it, I, was, I just remember sitting there, and I remember just being frustrated with God, being like, God, I am, I'm trying, and it's just not getting anywhere. <laughs> what, am I, what am I doing? What do you, and at one point, I finally, I actually just screamed at God in, in my Jeep, like nobody there, I, I was by myself looking at the waves, watching the waves come in, wondering what God's doing in my life. I, I just yelled out loud, what do you want from me? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever asked God that question? <laughs> what do you want from me? And as I did that, as I asked that question, out of the corner of my eye, I saw some guys on the side of the shore casting a fishing line into the water. And I was like, no, no, that's too, no. Because what came to mind was this passage, this passage of the disciples listening to Jesus' teaching, this passage of, of the disciples following along, um, following along the sea, listening to Jesus' teaching, and Jesus inviting them, hey, come on, come with me. You're tired, you're frustrated, you're annoyed. Hey, I've got something else. Come try this. We are going to be fishers of people. And I still, to this day, I laugh because I'm like, it seems so like, I don't, I don't know. It, like, that is my call story. Like, I remembered this story from Luke. And I remember Jesus saying that to the disciples as I saw these people casting the lines. And I wish that I could say that I, right there and then, I, I got up and I, and I quit my job and I went to seminary and I became a pastor. Um, but I didn't do that. I didn't follow quite the way that the, that the disciples did. Um, instead, I, I decided to take a class in seminary online first, just kind of dip my toe in, see what happens here. Um, let's take this slow, God. I, th- I mean, I think I heard you saying that, but that's crazy. So I know I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put my toe in here and see, <laughs> and see how you respond. And so that's what I did. But God was faithful. God was faithful in that. And, and God was faithful to, to send me to seminary where I, I just grew in my faith and in my, in my understanding of who God is and in my desire to share God's goodness with the world. And here I am now, I don't, 15 years later or so from, from that moment when I was standing at the side of the lake and watched those guys casting those, those fishing lines into the sea. You never know. <laughs> when you ask God, what do you want from me? Be careful. Because you don't know how God might respond. And sometimes I think if God showed us the whole plan, we might like step back and go, oh, no, <laughs> no thanks. That's okay. I'm good. <laughs> I know I'm frustrated. I'm just going to put my head down and keep catching fish. <laughs> it's tempting. But I think, I think this lesson from, from Luke's gospel this morning invites us to, to something new. I think it invites us to an abundance that God offers all of us, that God is continually calling us to, that Jesus is asking us to be available to, how God is working in the world. And so when you are feeling stuck, when you are feeling frustrated, I invite you to just take a moment and sit and listen and see if there just might be an invitation there from God. See if Jesus might be actually sitting next to you in your frustration and in your stuckness, offering a way out, offering to walk with you and to show you something even more abundant.
And so for Peter, what it looked like was he said, God, I'm, I'm frustrated. We've, we've done this all night, but you say so. <laughs> you say so, Lord, so I'll let out the nets. And they caught more fish than they could handle. Their boat was sinking. They had to call their partners over. That boat was sinking. And here's Peter's response. This is kind of interesting. When Simon Peter saw this, verse 8, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. That's kind of a weird response to like the best catch of fish in your life, isn't it? <laughs> go, whoa, go away from me. But it's not an unlikely response when we look at the ways that God calls and invites people throughout Scripture. Right? From a burning bush, God invited Moses to, to set his people free. And Moses was like, whoa, 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 no. No, no, not me. Like, I can't. How about my brother? He speaks way better than me. Right? Jeremiah, the, one of the most impactful prophets in the Old Testament. Same thing. No, uh, God, I am a sinner. <laughs> you don't need me. And yet the angel touches his tongue and says, no, no, I've got a message for you to go give to my people. So I think this is not an uncommon response to, to, God's, um, to God's invitation to more. It's to say, whoa, I, I'm not worthy of that. One of the reasons Peter might feel unworthy as well, though, is that Peter, Peter is a fisherman. And we know uh, from, from about family businesses in those days, it's probably likely that Peter had been a fisherman for a couple of generations. Um, that's what you did in, in Jesus' time. You just took on the family business. If and this is an important if, if you weren't, as a young man, um, if you weren't good enough in rabbinical school, then you took on the family business. See, what you would do first is go and study, and you would study scripture as a little boy, and as being in the temple, you would, you would follow your rabbi, and your rabbi would teach you everything about scripture, and, 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 and following the rabbi, you would memorize uh, scripture, you would memorize the ways of, of following in your rabbi's footsteps. And if you were good enough at that, if you were good enough at memorizing that scripture, if you're good enough at following those laws, your rabbi would say, come and follow me. And if not, if you didn't get that invitation, come and follow me, then you would go and do whatever else. You would probably go back and, and work your family's trade. And so it's likely that this is what Peter might have experienced as a young boy growing up in the temple. He had tried to be in rabbinical school. He had tried to follow in the steps of his rabbi, his teacher, and was told, hey, great job, uh, but we're going to let you sit the bench on this one. Why don't you go join your family business? And so Peter was told that he was not good enough. Peter was just a bench warmer. And so he went back to fishing. And there's nothing wrong with fishing. It was a good lifestyle. It made a good life, lifestyle for, uh, for people in Jesus' time. There were plenty of fish. There were plenty of people who wanted to eat fish, especially in, in that region. And so there was always work. And it was good work. And it was honorable work. And it was following in his family's footsteps. But there was something in doing that that was also letting go of the idea that I can be one of the best rabbi followers out there. Peter didn't get a chance to do that. And yet Jesus shows up. Jesus does life with Peter and the disciples. Jesus meets Peter in the midst of his everyday. Jesus meets Peter on the boat when he's fishing. And Jesus says, hey, um, follow me. What Jesus is saying in that moment is, Peter, you are good enough. Peter, you have got what it takes to follow me, to be in my footsteps, to, to follow in the footsteps of the master teacher. You have got what it takes. You are good enough. You don't have to do anything else. 
just as you are, you are good enough to follow me. Friends, there are no bench warmers on Jesus' team. There are no bench warmers on Jesus' team. We were all invited to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And because of the work that Jesus did in his life and death and the resurrection, we are free to let go of anything that's holding us back, to be completely open and available, even in our frustration, even in our seeking, and especially there, to meet Jesus and to say, God, what do you have for me? Because Jesus is faithful to answer that. And Jesus will put us all in the game. We are all called to fish for people. We are all called to be about the work of, of participating in God's abundance and God's extravagance and God's infinite blessing and love for the world. We are all called to be a part of that in the world and we are all good enough. None of us sits the bench. There are no bench warmers on Jesus' team. And, and it's almost like Jesus knows, uh, of course Jesus knows, uh, that Peter's going to be a little freaked out by this invitation. <laughs> and so he says to him, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people. Do not be afraid. And so what did they do? They pulled up their boats on shore. They left everything and they followed him. In, the other, in, in one of the other accounts in Matthew, um, it says that they even left their, uh, that, that some of the other disciples even left their dad in the boat. <laughs> They love their dad. This is a family business for generations. They're working with generations. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and says, hey, come here. Uh, follow me. And they go, okay, peace out, dad. I'll see you later. <laughs> We're in the midst of the Christmas tree harvest. My wife's family. Uh, I think if she showed up and said, hey, dad, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off. Uh, there's a teacher down the road that I want to follow. I'll, I'll catch you later. Um, that might not go over so well. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the invitation that Jesus gives us today. Um, and I, I just wonder this morning, I wonder what would it be like for us to trust God with everything, even if it meant giving up what's familiar, even if it meant giving up what's comfortable, even if it meant trying something new. Are we willing to respond to God's invitation that there is abundantly more in him, in Christ? I know this, this past year and a half, we've had a lot of time to reflect on what are we doing in life and where are we headed and what is our purpose. Um, even as a church, we've talked through that as we came into revival and, and asked God, what is the new thing that you're doing? And friends, we're experiencing it now. Can't you, you can sense that, right? Like God is doing a new thing in our midst as we continue to come out of the pandemic, as we continue to, uh, to seek God in this place. Uh, God is doing a new thing continually. And we've had a lot of opportunity, more than, than ever over this last year and a half, to reflect and to ask, Jesus, what do you want from me? And I think that's the encouragement this morning. Is Jesus wants us in the game. Jesus wants us participating in the abundance that the kingdom of God brings forth. Jesus wants us to be a part of it. And so you can do that as a fisherman. You can do that as an office worker. You can do that as a sanitation worker. You can do that as a secretary. You can do that as a pastor. You can do that as a high school teacher, as a coach, as, a, as an educator, uh, as a doctor. You can do that no matter what it is that you're doing. You can know that Jesus is with you and continually inviting you to more. Jesus is always asking for us to give ourselves, to be available to the abundance that's available in him. And so I want you to be encouraged by that this morning, friends. Wherever you find yourself, 
to know and imagine Jesus sitting next to you, showing up at work, showing up at home with your family and saying, hey, I'm here. You want to join the team? You want to be a part of the kingdom of God? And it might mean, <laughs> I mean, the call to discipleship is a radical one, right? It's, it's, it's a call, Jesus says, to pick up our cross every day and die in order that we might have more life, in order that we might have eternal life in him. <clears throat> and so we see um, from Peter <laughs> the willingness to trust Jesus, to, to give up the family business, to say, okay, I'll follow you, Jesus. And I think that's the invitation for us today too, to know that God is with us in the everyday and God continually invites us to more. And so may we, friends, be open to that invitation and to following no matter what it costs, knowing that on the other side it leads to more fish than we can imagine, more abundance than we have ever even thought of. Let us pray. Loving God, I give you thanks today for this opportunity to hear from your word. I give you thanks for the lives of the disciples who were willing to, to step out in trust and obedience when you invited them to come and follow you. And so God, I pray this morning uh, for everyone who is here, for everyone who hears my voice now, for everyone who is wondering where you are, God, for everyone who is wondering what are we doing here God, I pray that you would speak to us even in this moment right now and remind us, Lord, that we need not be afraid, but that if we cast our cares on you, Lord, you will meet our every need even more than we can ask or imagine. And so, God, for those who are seeking and for those who are comfortable, Lord, remind us that there is still more and that there is always more in you. Remind us not to be afraid. And help us to know, Lord, that you walk with us and call us to participate in new life now that leads to the path of eternity. We love you, Jesus. May we follow you with all that we are. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.